gentlemen, it is a special day today, as it always is. Today is all about Resident Evil. Our love for it, the lore, the franchise, Resident Evil 4 Remake. While we won't speak much about the game itself, because we are before the reviews are due, we will talk a little bit about the Chainsaw demo, and we have a very special guest to do that with. So I want to welcome everybody to our show, the kick-ass Grizz Diz from Never Enough Toys podcast. I've been a special guest on their show before two times. I want to return the favor. Thank you so much for being here, brother. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Tyler and Ben. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We love your show, too. And this is I'm loving what I'm seeing in front of you. You got you got me hyped. We got a lot of stuff there. We'll definitely go through a little bit of things when it comes to the games, some merch, and, you know, we'll have kind of a casual discussion about, again, a love of Resident Evil. And, uh, you know, towards the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about the demo, get excited for uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and we'll close the show out with a bang. How's that sound? Awesome. Cool, cool. So, Chris... We'll get started with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those that are not familiar. You know, what you're about, what you love. Obviously, we know you're a Resident Evil fan, but there's a lot more going on behind you. So, yeah. So, uh, I've been a toy collector my entire life. I've been a video game collector my entire life. And uh, we've been in bands together. Where we're both musicians. So, uh, we have a, a rich history of of uh, getting together on on lots of projects um as you see some of the stuff that's in front of you uh comes from actually ben's collection some of this stuff we we uh, preserved and kept from from childhood and uh it's here and it's it's in it's in it's all in the family you know keeping it all together um some of the games here uh i probably got from you at funko land back in the day wow throwback yeah, we we uh we have a long history, Ben and I. So it's uh it's great to still be you know fostering an awesome relationship all these years later, and talking about the things that we love. And you know, I not only love toys but video games and especially Resident Evil. So this episode just stuck out. It was like, Poosh, I want to be involved. <laughs> Hell yeah! Awesome, brother. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That's really really cool and. You know, I forget how long we have known each other because obviously we worked at the retail as well um, for several years. But, you know, I forgot that we knew each other as early back as uh, Funko Land. You know, for those that are not familiar, Funko Land is uh, a game store that was around for a bit, I think around the U.S. for the most part. I don't know how many stores they had, but uh, there was a point where um, before GameStop existed in name, GameStop was originally known as Babbage's and yes. Babbage's bought Funko Land. So I worked at Funko Land. Funko Land was bought by Babbage's. I then became a Babbage's employee. Then Babbage's turned into GameStop and then GameStop bought Electronics Boutique and then yep. it all became GameStop. And I worked at every single one of them. There you go. <laughs> Useless knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so awesome. Awesome. You know, again, there's a lot of love here today. So yeah. let's go, let's go right to the basics. Let's talk about Resident Evil as a whole. The franchise has been around since 1996. All right. 
Has everybody here played the games since then? I know Tyler, I know Chris, I'm I'm the older one here, but I know you've probably played a lot of that older stuff. But let's start with Tyler. Where was your first Resident Evil experience? What game? I'm going to get crucified for this, but Resident Evil 5. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Resident Evil 5 was the first one that I played and and really got hooked on. And I have since gone back and played the whole franchise. Um, but Resident Evil 5 was the very first one that I actually cut my teeth on um, with, with a buddy of mine back in back in high school. Or I guess it was probably middle school. Um, but we played together and and did everything. We played every weekend. We'd get on and play. And we had, you know, we got the unlimited ammo rocket launcher and we went through on professional and, and killed everything. But that was that was where it started. So it was weird having the game that is, you know, mostly considered not so great um, that stepped away from the survival horror and went more towards the action side of the franchise. It was weird having that be the first one and then going back and seeing, oh, okay, I see where this came from, but this is so, this was so different than what I guess fans probably wanted and expected out of the franchise. That's an interesting take. I'm not even mad that that's that that's your first game because honestly that was a that's a co-op like just buddy oh class. yeah that's yeah. you know if somebody brings you along they're like dude you got to check out this game that's that's a, just a great experience yeah that, I mean that's exactly what it was it was just yeah. a friend of mine that was like dude I love this you need to play this with me and I was like all right cool let's do it I can I can agree with you both and say that I had some great memories with that game. It was uh, one of the first co-op experiences that they did. Um, they had a couple prior, but that was the first they kind of did with online and voice communication. Because if mm-hmm. anybody remembers, we had Resident Evil Outbreak uh, prior to that. And uh, for me, that was um, a very important connection piece for some of my close friends over the years. Yeah, uh, One of my best friends, Andrew, a uh, friend of the show, has you know we met kind of like right after i met my wife in 2003 and he worked at gamestop i was the best buy and we connected by mutual friends and we picked that game up and we played that game and there was no mic it was you had certain button presses to kind of initiate certain dialogue for the character and that's how you talked in the game unless you like got on your cell phone, which was crazy, you know, yep. and you played as, a, you know, for those that never played the game, you played as just like a civilian and you tried to survive in like the realm of Resident Evil 2 timeline. So like when Raccoon City is kind of getting ransacked and um, it was an amazing experience for the time. It's a game that I hope that they kind of revitalize out of everything that they've done because it would work so well in the co-op world now. But again, it, it paved the way for a game like Resident Evil 5 that really, you know, there's so much to, to appreciate for the game. I get a lot of the anger and stuff like that when comparing it. But when you go back, you know, there's there's very critical story points, you know, for people that are into the lore of the game, too. You know, oh, obviously, yeah. there's not spoilers here, ladies and gentlemen, for a game that, you know, that's yeah. not out, you know, um, brand new. But, yeah. you know, we had big return of jill was it was huge you yep. know we had other stuff with boulder punching chris i think that was one of yeah. the biggest things to turn people off you know chris was uh literally you know just like uh juice bag like it was he crazy was an action hero 
they turned yeah, into an action crazy. hero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's funny that, you know, for those that have played Village, I believe you both have. Oh, and yeah. you both you've both beaten it, correct? Multiple, oh, yeah. multiple times. Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent on Steam. And you fight a you fight you fight a certain guy at the end, mm -hmm. and you get a reference to Chris, that mm -hmm. boulder punching asshole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, you can't get any better than that. So we acknowledge the game at that point too. But again, nothing wrong with RE five being yeah. uh, a first experience. So sweet, totally. Chris, Absolutely. what about you? Um, so for me. Like you said, I, I was a little bit younger when when the games came out. So the first game, my first uh, experience with Resident Evil One was through gaming magazines. I would just stare and stare at the pictures and be like, "Wow, what is this game? I want to play this so bad." And um, I wasn't really allowed to play, you know really crazy games or if i got away with it it was like oh i'm renting this game from you know palmer video or blockbuster or whatever <laughs> it was mm -hmm. and uh nice you know we just sneak in i like i saw uh this isn't the right cover but this is the the game oh cover. my god this guy's wow. got the game com or re2 impressive yeah. so I, I remember just seeing that eye on the cover and just being like i gotta rent this game so uh, technically, the first game that I bought and played was RE2. And then I went back and did one and director's cut. Um, so I, that's that's why I think two is so nostalgic to me. It, 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 it's the one that spoke to me the most because it was it was the first one that I really got into, you know, at that level. But I did go back and play one. Um, I kind of skip three when it was coming out i i have like this weird purist mentality of like one two and done kind of thing maybe that's like from tur from turtles like the first two movies like the third one just kind of you know doesn't exist off. yeah <laughs> that's the mandela effect we need to happen we need it to not exist right right <laughs> so i kind of skipped three at the time and and didn't think of anything of it but then you know eventually got back around to it and i was like oh nemesis is really cool i gotta i gotta check this out um and then I, obviously we're talking about four a, a little bit i was a you know gamecube adopter you know right away on that so it, it just rich long history with these games but i would say two was my was my big jumping off point awesome very cool. Amazing game to start off with, I'd say. It's that that introduction, that fire, you know, being stuck in that small alley with yep. those tank controls and the tense, tense music. Yeah. Music is so memorable in those games. So it's, it's interesting that you me. talk about, you know, looking at it in gaming magazines, because I hadn't even thought of that until you said it. I, I did the exact same thing. And then, but I was never, never allowed to play, you know, when I was younger, like it was just, my parents were pretty strict about what I was allowed to play. It was the same kind of deal. I could sneak stuff at friends' houses, or if I could slide something past my parents at Blockbuster, you remember they used to have that uh, game program where you could rent, like, well, was it a game a day or something like that throughout the week or yeah. one game per week over the summer? And you just go back in and keep swapping them out. Yeah. Um, I used to do that, but we would go to Dave and Buster's. And I would play House of the Dead 
to get nice. my Resident Evil fix. So in yeah. my in my young mind, I was like, these are these are the same thing. Like Resident Evil is House of the Dead. And, you know, you can play at home, but I'm going to play House of the Dead at, uh, you know, Dave and Buster's. So I would go and I would play for hours House yes. of the Dead and to get my to get my Resident Evil fix. So that's funny. That all kind of, you know, goes full circle there. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. So I'm going to make you guys feel old because I'm the old guy here as always, especially uh, with my birthday in a couple of days as of recording. I'll be hey. 41. 41, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen. Old man. But so grandpa. My first Resident Evil experience, fortunately, is the first game. Yes. And it was the first game I ever pre-ordered before wow. I came out because I read it in a magazine and I fell in love with the fact that it was zombie related. It gave me kind of George Romero vibes. I'm a huge, you know a night of living dead fan oh, yeah. and always love zombies and that cover of the overdramatic Chris freaking out, you know, like that was just like terrifying to me. And I remember picking it up at electronics boutique in the Staten Island mall with the core guys that worked in that store for so many years that I ended up working for before a lot of them left, which was amazing for me. Um, picking that up, going to my uncle's house, playing that game, and just being in complete awe with how intense and nerve-wracking a game can be and just being on the edge of my seat. Plus, my first introduction into survival horror was earlier than that, which was around 91, funny enough, because I had a Tandy computer and I had my first experience with Alone in the Dark, for those that are familiar. Um, okay, yeah. And my computer wasn't a beefy computer, you know, by comparison to what you could get those days. Like I didn't have a full-fledged sound card and my processor barely ran it, you know, so I can understand that now. But back then, it's how I thought the game ran. And the, the game was a little yeah. slow. So the yeah. walking was slow. And then when you have these monsters chasing you, I remember just like having goosebumps all the time, playing with a keyboard and a mouse, going, oh, my God, like. This guy's chasing me. I don't, and I never got past like 10 minutes into the game until like five years ago where I played it like on an emulator. Nice. And I'm like, holy crap, I got down the stairs. <laughs> like insane. Like when I tell you, because you had one of Tyler's favorites, you had broke weapons that take damage. So you had a saber, an old rusty saber that you would get, and you hit the enemy. That's all you have at that point in the game breaks. Yeah. So yeah, you're just hitting them with the hilt. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that got my itch going of like, oh my God, like I need more games like this. And then you didn't see anything for a long time. Yeah. So then I see a magazine and I see some weird green monster chasing a character, a guy. And then I see zombies and then I'm, I'm like, I need this. Yeah. And that was it. Putting that game on changed my life in so many ways. It is literally my in my top three franchises because I have others that we know I'm a, a big, big fan of. But when it comes to horror, it's my baby. It always has been. After that, two played to burnt to the ground, had to replace my disc two because <laughs> I played it so much. It stopped reading wow. Resident Evil three. I was able to import because I was into the import game at the time. And I played 
Biohazard 3, Last State Escape. And I bought that game because I had my PlayStation with the mod, with the, the toothpick crazy glued into the porthole so that it would spin and you could disc swap. Jesus, then, man. And then I used to mod the chip. I used to actually do mod chips because I worked in a, in a mom and pop shop called Game Champ, and I used to mod the systems too. So yep. there was a lot of love for all that. The spring loading, yep. yep. So, I mean, got, it got all the way to Code Veronica. I imported Code Veronica on Dreamcast also. And yeah. uh, I've been diehard since. I imported um, Resident Evil Survivor, unfortunately. Biohazard Survivor. I've played Dead Aim. I've played it all. I've even played the Guncom games from Japan. Uh, for, there was Code Veronica, Guncon, like so much love. <laughs> there's yeah. there's not a game in the franchise that I don't like. I even I appreciate Outbreak. Um, a game I would love to see be remade that I don't think ever will. Resident Evil Gaiden for Game Boy Color. Yeah. Unsung hero of a game. My favorite character, Resident Evil, Barry Burton, does not get enough love. He's only been in three games, and that was one of them. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my initial experience, and I've been hardcore ever since. So, so you say you pre-ordered the first one. Did you have to like call in on a rotary phone to make that happen? No, you you <laughs> walked. How do you, how do you pre-order that, before damn, the dude, internet? Gee, Jesus Christ, damn dude! Don't make me feel that old. <laughs> oh my God, that's like my friend on Facebook the other day was telling the world about like his daughter. He was showing her a movie about something. He's like, "You guys had color back then in the eighties." It's <laughs> like what? <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, back then, like pre-orders weren't a big deal. It was like you you did it when you knew what you wanted, and yeah. you walked into the store and you you drive five you would drop five bucks, and you know they would call you they would call you and say hey your games come in. But obviously, like I followed the the books with the street dates, and I remember going. I'm like, is the game here? They're like, oh, we're unpa- we're unpacking the box as we speak. So I had yeah. to wait for them to actually process the box. So, and back then too, Funko was a big part of the game of, you know, that's when like games used to start to be able to sell stuff. You used to walk in, we had a big newspaper like paper that had all the trade and pricing on it. So you'd wow. have like literally a list of NES Genesis. Oh, you could trade in Chrono Trigger for $65. Like you used to get good money for games back then. Yeah. Because even then they had value. Remember that? Yeah, you know, you also get pennies on the dollar for certain things, too. This is true. This is true <laughs> because we used to just take everything. So yeah. we'd have piles in the back, you yeah. know, but then you had you had consoles in the front of the store that you can demo and play. We'd let you play a game before you bought it. If we had one open, like just stuff that you don't you'll never get again. You know, yeah. a good time to be a gamer yeah. um, and with peak games like Resident Evil. So. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Let's get to the next important bit. First, scary or actually scariest moment for you in any game in the franchise. I usually say first because that's like the one that like kind of makes or breaks like holy shit. But again, there's been scary stuff in more recent games and that's so that's okay too. So Tyler, if you can think about it, one of your scariest moments in a Resident Evil game. Oh, it's 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 the fucking baby. I knew it. I knew no, it. Yeah, yeah. I have never, I have never noped out. I've never set a controller down and been like, nah, Mm-mm, no, thank you. Mm-mm. That fucking baby. La, la. 
Yeah. Nah, nope. Nope. Nah, nope. Nah. Cause I heard it. Yep. And I was like, there's <laughs> no fucking way. I was like, there's no fucking way that that's what's going on right now. And then I turned around and I saw it and I shit my pants. I said, get the fuck out of here. What is, what is wrong yeah. with you? Uh-uh. No. Uh, that, um, we still, we, we still have to find time to do that in VR. Yes. It's, it, it is possible. Ladies and gentlemen, Resident Evil Village VR. I, I told you, I, <laughs> Like I said, so I played it on on my computer because I play most stuff on my PC if I can. Um, I played it. I beat it. I got 100%. I did all the achievements, everything on Steam. And I have repurchased the game on my PS5 just so I can play through it in VR. Um, but honestly, like, if if it's not that, it's probably when I went back and played uh, through the older games and the first time you see a liquor that the first time the liquor got me is one of the yeah that's that's probably the first the the earliest shocking scare that i can remember from the franchise yeah is getting snagged by the liquor and just understanding i'm fucked like the the acceptance of i'm going to try to get away i'm going to fucking die I need to figure out how to overcome this because it's totally different than anything else you've fought so far. Um, So it was a combination of the initial fright, the character design, and the understanding of, okay, I've just started to get comfortable with this game, and I I kind of feel like I know what I'm doing, and now it's all been turned on its head, and I I have to contend with something else that really just... It was just that sinking feeling of, oh, my God, <laughs> they've done it. Um, so that would probably be my earliest uh, scare that I can recall. Oh, those great, great moments in uh, Resident Evil history. Sure. Chris, what about you? Uh, so, yeah, the earliest one is is the liquor. For sure, that that was iconic. You know, the, the character design of that brain on the outside and it's all red and menacing and you have like a almost 50-50 chance of getting past it or not. Yeah. Now, you know, as a, an adult gamer, it's a lot easier to just navigate. But right. at the time when, when you're playing it as a, as a young kid, you're like, oh, what do I do? You tense up and you just get, get that feeling of like anxiety. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, that was that was a huge moment. Um. I hope I don't steal yours in the first one, but when the dog jumps out of that window, that that first corridor when you when you get through that that hallway, you're not expecting that at all. And any jump scare, like a jump scare in a game, was like unheard of at the time. So for them to pull that off and and just like d- dogs are scary sometimes, like it, as a kid. Like I had a couple of bad experiences where dogs bit me or like you know, it had a, a Dalmatian attacked me at one point. So like I had a little bit of, you know, preconceived fear of dogs going into it. And now this thing's a zombie dog coming at me. Forget it. That set me off. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. That yeah. was definitely up there for me. Uh, it was my first, obviously, uh, shit my pants moment in a video game. And uh, yeah, I had a hard a hard time sleeping that night because I I played a good amount of the game, and I remember where I like got stuck like the first time I ever got stuck in the game, and it was literally when you meet the hunters, 
So the hunters right in the beginning, that's cinematic. So now you're not getting a traditional jump scare the way you got with the dog because the dog scares you because it comes out of nowhere in game. You now get a cinematic and first person view of something chasing you, hunting you really fast, jumping and bouncing off the walls. Then all of a sudden when you're in game, it's fucking walking at you. Normal pace. Then all of a sudden it starts chasing you. So you have like seconds to decide what the hell you're going to do. But here's my biggest problem. I had no ammo left because I just finished fighting plant 42, that dirty cock sucking rat bastard <laughs> of a plant <laughs> and wasted all of my ammo before Barry came to my rescue playing as Jill. And I have nothing to defend myself other than my knife. You know, the knife's not going to do you any good because I don't even get a chance to attack because you know what he does, right? He leaps at you, lops your head off, one shot, dead. Jaw dropped. I remember, like, what just happened? And then I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, it didn't hit me until after the fact because it just happened so fast. Yeah. So for me, that that that's it. Like, you know, that was just the big the liquors up there as well, um, because, again, you know, early on in the game, you don't have a lot of an arsenal at the, at the time yet. You're yeah. kind of in the in the realm of the dog where you're like maybe five, six corridors in, you know, you're really not far in the game. Um, but other than that, it would be freaking nemesis chasing yeah. and chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> That that and that dread that you have of just like oh my god oh my god, <laughs> but yeah. then but for me like I would say number one of just like panic is a snake because oh, of the god. snake and the poison in the house. Like Tyler, did you play PlayStation original? Or did you play the remake? Remake. Out of curiosity. Okay, so yeah. you've never played the original. Mm-mm. Okay, so. You know, think about the archaic graphics at the time compared to now. You know, right. there's tank controls in a very small corridor. You just witnessed your friend pretty much die from a snake wound. You're going in there to get something and you and come face to face with the snake and you don't have too many places to go. And then, you know, you finally get out and then your character collapses from poison. And you're just like the anxiety of like, what happened? I just I I beat it. I did it. Why? <laughs> Nerve wracking. Yeah. So that that the snake is I feel an unsung hero when it comes to like enemies. Like not enough yeah. people talk about the stupid snake. Um, yeah. But that first moment, that ten, again, RE One PlayStation has some of my favorite music in any game because just the intensity of the kind of orchestral style that they went with like it just it gets you you know you're like oh shit i'm on my you're on your toes fighting the t uh the 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 tyrant at the end same thing just nerve-wracking small corridors shitty controls at the time you know it's all you have up is forward (laughs) Mm -hmm. so but uh yeah man memories memories good good stuff just scary scary as shit yeah (laughs) Resident Evil, more than, I would say, probably more than any other horror franchise in terms of video games, really instills the the fight or flight 
like most yeah. other horror games, you you really only have one of those options. Like you'll have sections where you have to fight. You have sections where you you know you have to run and you can't fight. But almost every encounter other than boss fights in Resident Evil, it is a fight or flight. You can either fight or you can run away. And both are viable options, which gives the whole game so much more depth, I feel like. And it's one of the big reasons why Resident Evil is the pinnacle of survival horror and has been for so long. Yeah. I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, again, it changed a bit once Resident Evil 4 came along. So we could talk a little bit about Resident Evil 4 now, I'd say. And, you know, we'll focus on the original since we've all played that. Yeah. We could talk and then we'll talk a little bit about the demo, if anything. Yeah. But if you remember, you know, Resident Evil 4, like, just went a little more in the action orientation. The camera angle changed to that traditional third person, like many games at the time. GameCube, you know, there was a lot of, lot of innovation going on. So, you know, a lot of people at first were like, all right, it's becoming an action game. But then everybody else was like, holy shit, this is this is where the game needs to go. So you you had puzzles, you had action, you had intensity, you had, unfortunately, quick time events, which I've never been a fan of my all my life. But there was just so much to offer. And then you have a returning popular character of Leon Kennedy. People loved it. People wanted more of Leon after Resident Evil 2, and we got it. We got it on a whole nother level. But there was always another version of the game that could have been. You, but you, I assume both of you might be familiar. Um, Chris, probably more so. Like, we had trailers leading up to Resident Evil 4 where the game was very different. Yeah. It was way more of a darker atmosphere. There was some kind of supernatural elements. And the game got rebuilt several times before we got what we got. And um, it's interesting because that's the second time that that happened in the franchise. You know, for those that are familiar with Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 2 was originally a game without Claire. We had Eliza Walker as a secondary character. And the precinct was very different. And we now know that game as fans, as Resident Evil 1.5. And uh, I remember experiencing a demo back in the day of PlayStation Underground. Used to be physical discs that came with magazines. I don't know if we're, that's too old for you, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> like you used to get a, a magazine and you got a demo disc and it'd come with a bunch of demos. And I remember because there was a music video for a band that I ended up growing to really like that was in the ska world. I'm not a big ska guy, but this band had a a video on here. I'm like, this song is awesome. I'm going to listen to this band now. And then you had a trailer for resident evil and it was 1.5. It is not what we got. So it's just funny how the franchise has had a lot of changes over the years, but I would say, despite a lot of people going to resident evil two, four is the one. A lot of people, have stuck with over the years because we're yeah. we we just hit the 18 year anniversary of the original Resident Evil 4 release on GameCube. Insane. And now we're getting a remake. Like not not a, a reimagining, not a remaster, a remake. Mm-hmm. And and we in a world where we've had 
plenty of remasters, a lot of them shit, and mostly decent remakes. There's a lot of excitement to happen, but let's talk about like what what you guys what were your, what was your experience with Resident Evil Four? Like, did you guys play it a lot? And Chris, I assume you did. Tyler, I don't know how much you've uh, delved into that original game, even if it was like, you know, the thirteenth release, because it's a game like Skyrim that has been released on every platform, pretty much up oh, until yeah. you know the modern consoles. No, I'll but, let uh, I'll let Chris lead this one. All right. Uh, yeah. So with uh, Resident Evil 4, for me, uh, I had very similar feelings to it. I, I was I was skeptical with the with the new style that was going in. But I knew that I was already, you know, going into this franchise, loving it. So uh, I was all in. I, I, I bought the game off the bat. Um, and I guess to maybe circle back to the scares the uh the chainsaw guy uh, the chain that the that, doctor good old doctor i mean w- when that scene hits and and you first go through you when you take an l from that guy that's you're you're defeated you're you're just it's it's there's no describing that feeling i just i've been beheaded by a chainsaw how do do i restart or do i just give up <laughs> it's true. So, Very true. They definitely set a really great tone. Uh even like missing a quick time event could mean disaster. Um I don't hate them as much as 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 they get panned for. And I think to go back to what you're saying about uh four being so beloved, I mean, it was one of the first resident evil games to really get like high high uh critical scores like i think it got like nines and tens from different uh gaming outlets Mm -hmm. so it definitely put the franchise on the map because it was so well received and it was the first of its kind to really have that over the shoulder you know type of view so it it revolutionized the way we look at third person now. Yeah. Agreed. I feel a lot of people adopted, you know, mechanics and functionality and even just the survival horror elements. You have plenty of games that have gone that route, whether they were successful or not, but you're absolutely right. It was, yeah. And you can definitely uh, a, still a game see changer that now. Like you can see, you can see the, the threads of resident evil four through, through current games. And I mean, a lot of people won't necessarily look back and credit it that way, but having gone back and replayed, so I did, I went back and replayed the original um, when I got around to playing four and you can see so much of what grew into other games and other franchises later on down the line that started there. And you're right. It was, it was the first one that I ever saw like advertisements for out in the world, like going to game stores, you would have, you know, the big banners at um, like GameStops or whatever. You would have the, you would have the banners in the the posters and stuff. And that's the first Resident Evil I remember seeing out as opposed to just in publications and magazines and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely the first one that seemed like it hit the zeitgeist in the same way that the, you know, the following games have. 
Yeah, they put. I would say they definitely put more money into the marketing for that game as well. Absolutely. And, you know, interestingly enough, it being on the GameCube was definitely an Best unusual console. choice at the time. It's so, up there. I for love me. The GameCube. I fucking yeah. love the GameCube, and that's one <laughs> of the reasons that I went back to play the original too, is because I was like, no, 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 any excuse, any excuse to dust off the GameCube. I still have a GameCube here. I mean, I don't, I don't hook it up and play it, but I still have it, and it's one of the only. It's it makes me sick to my stomach to call it a retro console, but it's one of the only <laughs> retro consoles that I still have. Um, but that's just it. It was a perfect. It was a perfect video game system. I loved it. I loved the little. It just, needed, it just discs, needed more software. The form factor. The can. I love the controllers. I don't care what anybody says. GameCube controllers, unbeatable, unbeatable. I still play it on the Switch. I still still yes. use them. You know, it's it's the go absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, there is no in my mind. And I don't think that's just rose colored glasses looking back like it hit at the perfect time of my childhood or anything like that. The GameCube was a fantastic system. I absolutely love it. So I went back and played Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube um, when I went when I went to to do my playthrough finally. Um, and I had some buddies that were like, no, man, because it had been updated at that point by the time that I went, got around to playing it. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I think I paid a hundred dollars. I shit you not. I think I paid a hundred dollars for a copy because wow. at that time there, yeah. there were no, the market. There were no copies. Yeah. And you couldn't find GameCube games. You know, most places didn't sell them anymore. And if they did, they did not have Resident Evil four. So I ended yeah. up having to go to some, some little secondhand game shop, um, it was like 45 minutes away from my house. I tracked down a copy and I seriously, I think it was a hundred dollars I had to pay to get that copy, but it was worth it. And I still have it. I have, again, I have it somewhere in storage with my GameCube. I have, I have a lot of my old, my old GameCube games. I've got smash. I've got that. I have uh return of the King. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I went back and played resident evil four in that way. And believe it or not, that's the only one I've played. I have not played any of the other iterations of Resident Evil 4, so this remake will be the first time since playing it on the GameCube that I've played it, which is very exciting. That's that's a really great dynamic. Yeah. Because you're going from first to last in a sense, and yep. I'm pretty sure Chris and I have played it on pretty much every system, except for uh, there was a Brazilian console that was like a mobile console that we definitely didn't play it on. <laughs> but I, play, I played it on my phone... I played yeah. it on everything. Wii, you name it. Oh, what an interesting yep. control scheme on the Wii. Yeah, that was weird. Able to actually point this time. Oh, yeah. That was that was cool. <laughs> All um, right. So with the love of Resident Evil 4, we now have less than two weeks, I'd say, to the release of the remake. Yeah. And Capcom has put out a demo. The demo is limitless, and it is called the Resident Evil 4 Remake Chainsaw Demo. While I can limit what I say, um, I will be reviewing and covering Resident Evil 4 Remake for Gaming Age. We will have a show to speak about it once uh, the game is released. Um, I have beaten it twice already. I will leave it at that. So I have not played the Chainsaw Demo, but I would like Chris to spearhead and tell us his experience because I know that he's played it and I really want to know what he thinks. Yep. Yeah. So the chainsaw demo came 
at, like almost out of nowhere for me. And I, I get the text from a good friend of mine, Joey JCM. He says, RE4 demos up. I ran to my console, downloaded it, and then had to go do something else. So I had to come back to it another time. Then I finally gave it a proper go and played this this demo. And I have some thoughts off the bat. Um, I, I, I took some notes and kind of just, you know, was going through it a little more deliberately to kind of get a good journalistic approach to to playing the game like that and uh i could tell you off the bat the the pace of which he walks leon you know they really are selling the exploration with his walk it's it's really slow but then when you push the stick and you go to run he runs you know normally fast like like you would Uh, But you want to go slow because you might, you know, miss something. And the fact that it's a limitless demo was a really great thing because uh, a couple of years ago, there was there was two other demos. Uh, There was the seven demo. And then I think, what was it? The maiden demo. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they were both timed. I didn't even I did not even play the maiden demo. I, I left it pristine. Because I, 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 it's just a weird thing. I don't want to be timed doing something. I, w- I want to be able to, you know, at least say that I have that available to me. So I never yeah. played it. I waited until the game. It's funny enough that out of all of the demos, the Maiden demo was a part of that was not included in the game. Which I didn't funny. think Sevens was either. That's what I was about to ask. I didn't think the Resident Evil 7 so, demo was included, was it? So the seven VR experience was not, it was partly included. Right. And for those that can't see, I'm doing the air quotes because there was the VHS tape that you got in Resident Evil seven. Right. Went back to certain, you know, secondary characters and the VR experience was essentially one of those characters tied to a chair, which was you at that time. Right. You Right. You don't get to experience that in the game but you, you understand that it's from one of those characters. Yeah. In the Maiden portion, the Maiden portion takes place way before the game where you're playing just an, a woman that has been captured that's a prisoner essentially in, in the castle and you're in the dungeon area, but you don't really get to go anywhere else. Yeah. You're right. Isolated to where you are. So it was kind of just to show off a certain aspect of the game, but you were not playing as as our main protagonist uh, for the game. Yeah. So we're not playing as Ethan. Ethan yeah. Winters. <laughs> Ethan Winters. Yeah. Ethan Winters, you've killed my daughters. Damn, you are she, way too old. good at that. He is glossy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so let's con- continue with your, th- with your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the world is beautiful. Um, you know, if you really if you turn around as soon as you get into the demo, you can see the car of which you came from. Um, you know, there's there's little things that like if you just take the time to really explore, you can really be rewarded for, which is nice. Um the modern control scheme based off of the RE2, RE3 remake engine is just beautiful and lends itself perfectly to this game great 
And, uh, you, you know, this is this is what everyone was waiting for, I, in all honesty. Uh, I, I feel like it, just talking about remakes in general, I feel like every single Resident Evil remake has been pretty much a hit. Yeah. I would say, you know, even as far as the GameCube remake, the two is still probably one of my all-time favorite games, and uh, the three one was great also. So now with four, it's not going to be a miss. Like even based off this demo, I had so much fun with the demo alone that I could just imagine, you know, if you're saying, you know, you were able to go through it twice, I'm going to go through this game multiple times and. You know, I played the demo one one time through with notes and was, you know, really going slow. And uh, it's interesting going going through and, and seeing scenes that you've played on a past system before and and seeing like, you know, all the detail, like the, the pictures on the wall and, you know, the encounters that you have in with like a fresh coat of paint or like you know it, or more more than just a fresh coat of paint like so many layers of detail that you can see that you would have never been able to see on on GameCube. Yeah. So really interesting uh and then you know the action starts to ramp up um and I have a question I'm going to pose after this but when you get in and the action kicks in and Leon starts to kick some ass so now, all right, here's where I, I'm going to segue and pose a question. So we talked about uh, Chris in five doing his boulder punch. Who who you got? Is it Leon or is it boulder punching Chris? Now we're speaking Leon with uh, pretty much parrying a chainsaw with his combat knife. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. I mean, realistically... I can see a quick parry from a chainsaw, like nudging away and maybe losing the, the knife. You lose in the that process. knife, dude. That knife but is not, gone. <laughs> but but not, not sitting there and letting the rotors hit it repeatedly. Um yeah, but you know what? I I that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. I feel like I feel like anybody punching a boulder to hell and yeah. <laughs> fighting near lava and not burning alive. It's probably yeah. a bit more far-fetched. Um, yes. I love that Leon kick, kicks ass in this. I love the parrying system. Um, that's yeah. a big, big component that I'll speak to that much and say that, you know, that's helped reduce the quick time events. Yeah. Right. You know, I won't that's be able good. to speak too much to that, but that is something that kind of revamps how you handle some of those scenarios. And you could parry just about anything. Yeah. So if you could parry a chainsaw, you could parry a pick at, uh, you know, a pitchfork and uh, uh, some, if somebody's throwing a, a ball. A, exactly. They throw a hatchet at you. You can actually parry it at midair, which is really cool, too. So I um, did my first parry by accident, actually. Parry. I, I, I was trying <laughs> like to Street Fighter I, three. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to whip out my knife at one point and I just hit the button. And I was like, oh, Oops. that's an, that that's in the game. Wow, that's so cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, like I said, I only played it a little bit. But is there some element uh, of like the dodge from three that Jill has? Because I feel like he was juking. Like I was running. I don't know if it happens like innately. It with the with the PlayStation, the circle button gives you kind of the crouching 
because you can do yeah. some stealth. So I've felt that it works in certain aspects. Um, in a lot of scenarios, the evade trigger comes up. So yeah. the evade will be the button and he'll end up dodging stuff. So if okay. there's an enemy swiping something at you that's maybe a little larger, you might get an evade. Outside of that, there's not a traditional Resident Evil 3 Jill that she has, like the juke, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Okay. And yeah. forgive me if I've missed it, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, once you play the game, I don't think there's a quick turn because I'm trying to figure it out and I don't think it exists. If I did if I didn't do it, forgive me because I've played it this long at this point and right. I'm like 20 something hours in and I'm like, I don't see a quick turn anywhere. So that's a little frustrating. It's not a deal breaker, but it's kind of weird when you're in those scenarios and you're kind of getting pigeonholed to a corner. You got to yeah. do a lot of back. You're doing a lot of backing up, you know, yeah. and I and that village scene, you know, is obviously a, a pivotal moment in the game. So it was a great way for people to experience that first. And it's, it's as intense as you remember, and it probably gets even harder at the harder difficulties. Something that's great that I know that they have spoken about is when the doctor, you know, has comes out with the chainsaw, there are certain areas where if you're fighting him for an X amount of time, he'll actually damage part of the area, and it'll permanently change that area for the entirety of the game. So obviously, for those that remember, you kind of revisit the you know you kind of walk back through here at certain points yeah and uh yeah like there's a point where he hacks off some columns and kind of you know part of the house comes down it stays down and you have to find wow. another way around which yeah. is really cool so i like that they included that um, that's another big piece i loved about seven was when you fight um in the garage if you yes. if the fight goes on for a long enough time, there's damage done to the garage and one of the doors gets blasted open. And then when you come back later to revisit, if the fight went on long enough for the doors to get blasted open, you can return into the garage and there's actually a, a massive amount of loot. There's a bunch of ammo and stuff that you can only get if you've allowed the fight to blow the doors off the garage. So right. when you when you come back, that's they they've definitely you know, I think there's a piece like that in Village as well, um, yes. where there's permanent damage done if you allow, if the right steps are taken, basically. So it's right. cool to see that that come back around. Agreed. And, and there's, there's, a, there's plenty him, of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Letting him chase you through the door. You yes. Know, you're standing on the other side of the door, and that chainsaw just comes through the door, and he just sizes out the middle, and now that's, awesome. that's gone. It lets the floodgates open. Yeah, it's a great experience. And uh, yeah. it's awesome to see how many people have been playing it for so long and are like trying to find nooks and crannies. Yeah. And I'm curious if some of that stuff translated to the game. Like I was going to start a new game just to try some of the stuff that people are doing. Like, I don't know if you saw people like unlocked some machine gun in the demo by like randomly deciding to drop all their loot in the house before they go to the village and it literally opens an area in the village that's not open <laughs> unless you do that. Wow. It's insane. So cool. And the demo has been out since Friday. So we're as of recording, three days. People are yeah. wild, insane. man. Yeah. So for me, on the flip side of that, I look forward to people playing it because there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot to unlock. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of content in the game. And I don't know anything about. You know, I haven't found everything yet, obviously. So I know that people will help me be able to go back and say, oh, figure that out and figure that out. 
Like there's a certain thing that I was trying to complete and I just for the life could not figure it out. I'm like, I need help and I can't get help because I'm playing it early, you know? And it's like, right. it's really, it's really exciting. And the one thing I'll leave you guys with the thoughts on Resident Evil remake, try to go in as blind as you can. Yeah. Don't treat it as a game you've played before. Yeah. I could say that that's going to be the best experience for you. For me, I saw some stuff, obviously, but it's such a fresh experience. It's like playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's, right. a, it's a different enough experience where you can reminisce on what you remember, but appreciate what's changed and know that the core of the game is there. You know, I'll leave it at that. And I really think people are going to enjoy it. I think there's going to be critics out there as expected, but you know, there's a lot of fun to be had. And yeah. uh, I, I wish that we- any indication and you can just, I'm sorry, I have to cut you. But, no, no. Um, yeah. If the demo is any indication of it and you can p- replay it over and over and people are finding all these new things about it, you know, like I sat there and I just, I wanted to bring in like a, a small topic of like, the psyche of a player. So what goes through your psyche when you have a game that allows you to stare at a rotting corpse for unlimited amount of time? Like I I click on a, a, like, you know, like a a dead deer or whatever it was. And I'm like, is this going to change? Is anything going to happen here? And I'm like, wow, that was 15 seconds too long. Or was it? (laughs) Or was it like, am, yeah. am I fascinated by a rotting maggot filled corpse right now? Like, am I going to sit here and do this over and over? And then yeah, like, you definitely are. <laughs> and then the That's... other part, like you take a guy out, he's laying on the floor. I can continue to stab him over and over and over and over and over. And it's, it never gets old. Agreed. Am I a psychopath? <laughs> no. You're just a fan of horror, like many of us right. are. Exactly. So awesome. Well, listen, we're gonna wrap it up because we we don't like to keep our shows too long. We want to keep you guys interested and entertained. We could talk all day about this stuff as we love it. I will leave you guys with uh for those that are watching on our YouTube show. I have opened up my lady Demetresque and I wanted to show her off. Oh, yes. She is a tall girl. Oh, super, look super at tall. that. She is awesome. For some reason, her top comes off, and I don't know why. We're not going to do that in the show because we don't want to put nudity on here. But, uh, yeah, it's a little unusual, but it's a very nice mold. We were going to talk a little bit about toys. I think maybe Chris and I can do a Press for Toys show one day and maybe discuss some of our third-party and uh, original first-party stuff, but we don't have time for that today. But thank you all for coming in. Grizz, thanks so much for coming on the show. Look at Lots that. Lots of fun. An amazing remake on uh, or re whatever you want to call that. Uh Resident Evil 1 on DS. I loved I loved that game. Um perfect, perfect game for original. But oh, thank you all so much. We're really excited to uh continue the show. We have some great content coming. We have a super, super special guest lined up in the coming month. We can't talk about it yet until it's official. But yep. we will let you know. Mm. We're super, super excited for it. And we hope to talk to you all soon. Hey, you guys have anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Nope, I'm good. We'll have a link to uh, Chris, your show, 
we'll link that sure. here in. Sure. Yep. And any other, if you want to share your socials or anything like that, that you want to plug here. Yeah. Just at, at Grizz and at never enough toys podcast. And, uh, we can't, we can't leave off without talking about Benny's chainsaw controller that you used to have. Oh I boy. I don't, unfortunately. It was one of the greatest unnecessary inventions ever made. I had wow. both versions. There was one for GameCube and one for PlayStation. And I had them both. And they were in like these crazy unique cases. And it literally was a mini chainsaw, but it was a full controller. Yep. So, what good times. The hell? Yep. Tyler, you'll have to go do your homework after and go do a Google search for that. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. We'll let you go. We have no more time left. Have a great day. Take care and have fun. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Bye. See you guys.